Um, so here's the here, here's the things I want to talk to. I thought would be interesting to talk about with her. Okay, so just be, just be clear about the pronunciation of her name. Mulaney. Mulaney. Right. You just said Mulaney. Yeah. yeah Mulaney. You look better with uh, without your head cut off now. <laughs> I'm like a whole person, Ed. I'm a fully. Uh, you like, are. So I wanted to talk to her. The questions I had for her. I mean, you know her a lot better. Is I want to talk to her about what she said. A soul suck. When when did it go from soul sucking to like really great? Soul sucking to really great. What is that? What are you? Well, I saw that in an interview she gave. You know, she talked about it just being when she started and she wasn't doing what she wanted. She wasn't really successful. She called it soul sucking. Right. <laughs> She's my good buddy. She she's really turned. She's actually we've got we've become a lot closer in the last couple of months as we as I work on her personal home. So um, hold on one second. She's a deaf. She's the Ron Wilkins of of ceramics. So you oh, know, she? yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to get my for some reason I just want wide angle again. I don't see any of those changes on my end. So you're fiddling with equipment. Oh, how's that better? Oh, I see. Yeah, you got closer. Yeah. Should I change? No. Right. No, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm a little too close now. Right. A little. So. Yeah, I just had a. Yeah, there we go. That's good. But you're saying I'm not sounding that good today, right? No, no, no. I think I turned off my air conditioning. And my hearing, I my hearing is a little compromised, Ed. Not mine too. <laughs> don't don't like I I would not I'm not an audiophile whatsoever. You know? Oh, I love good great music. No, I no, I'm what I am I what I'm saying is I always think of an audiophile as being able to Oh, you look so good today, Lane, by the way. Thank you. You're so handsome today. Oh, thank you. You so, do. I want to talk to her. Where do you want to start with her? Okay, so wait a minute. So every time, let's right now we've been using my guest, your guest. So right. I think I introduce her in the moment after we start the interview. You ask the first question. Okay. Well, should I ask about? I'm going to ask you about her cutting tiles. I, the way she cut tiles on a video, I saw was like, oh, how do you do that? Whoop, 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 you know. I'm going to ask you a little bit about practicing cutting tile. Just sort of, you know, okay. we'll let her know. Yeah, we'll let, her, we'll let her know the format and that this is a conversation. Right. And we encourage you to, you know, if you're inspired to ask us a question. We yes. Like to be a part of the of the, the the back and forth. Right. You know, that we're not, this is not, the first thing is this is not an interview. Right. I love that. Mad creative. This is not an interview. Right. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> but you can hear me better now, right? Um, again, I you getting closer to the to the mic always is gonna sound, you know, for me better. How's, how's this sound, by the way? How's it sound now? It sounds good. Yeah, it sounds good? Yeah. It's not too it's not too uh no, it's not tingy. It's not echoey. Good. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, you clearly you don't have a lot of soft surfaces in that room. I can hear that bit a little bit. Right. Not a lot of soft. But that's surfaces. fine. 
but it's you know. Why is that? See my mic today. Okay, here we go. How's that? A little better? Yeah. Actually, I have a question for you. So, Melanie's the first person. Louder? No, no, it's good. It's good. It's perfect. Okay. It's perfect. Melanie, I just want to let you know, Melanie. I mean, you know what? Maybe I'm going to leave that to actually surprise you about. I'm not going to say so. I'm going to slip. Okay, yeah. I'm zipping my lip about something that I think you find very interesting about how your two synergies and the role you play in my life. Uh, well, what's, what's interesting about her, we have two things in common. Right off the bat was that we, don't, we didn't own a TV for a long time. <laughs> and joy comes in many forms. Right. You know, I listen to a lot of stuff. I listen to about, you know, about an hour's worth of stuff from her, you know. Some yeah. interviews. But a lot of, all the interviews really talked about our tech, you know, and they were, they're not, I don't think they were great. I think we really stick with our process and practices and inspiration. But the one thing she doesn't talk about, I think it would be great to cover, is about her grandmother and her parents being her inspiration, really. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, of course. I mean, what is the role of family? Right. And yeah, well, she's so, I mean, she was she was she, she was hot wired to be a creative. There was no she wasn't going to be anything else, you know. Right. 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 You know, and, and I think her, you know, but 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 check. But 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 then her siblings made different choices. Right. Oh, did they? Yeah. They're not all creatives. You know, she's and like, she, lives, she grew up in Norwalk, Connecticut, which I love Norwalk. Yeah, I don't know a lot. You know, it's like a little sea town, right? It's like a little sea town. Yeah, but it's got a lot of little galleries. It's sort of a cool little town. Yeah, I should yeah. get there. I don't know it very well. I don't know Connecticut very well. Yeah. So she should enter soon, huh? Okay, and France is great. Oh, my God. You and Lauren on that bed was the cutest thing I'd ever seen. In the really? Oh, did you put that online or something? No, I didn't put it online. I just so thought... she put it online or sent it to you? No, we were just talking and just catching up. And you. Oh, I'll show you this. I did a portrait of Lauren and I on the bed. Oh, that... that's nice. No, oh, I didn't know that. It, it was, was a, it was really... a full mirror. The room, the, the, the bride and groom paid for the room for the four people who were in... The wedding. Right. And the room was $800 a night. <laughs> the one that I saw you in? Yeah, yeah. The little mini room? Oh, no, no. The big room that we stayed in during the wedding. We stayed in the oh, room. Oh, okay. No, that room was like 150 bucks, I think. Yeah, no. It's a crazy, and I'm trying to go out to Los Angeles, and I like good hotels, and it's like 450 Crazy. Crazy. I want to get a COVID. We were staying at hotels for fifty dollars a night, like exactly the way it should be. <laughs> I know. I spent like fucking like fourteen grand on this trip. It was ridiculous. Oh wow! So that, we got. We you got know what? I'm 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 happy you're able to afford that. That's such a blessing. I can afford it. I <laughs> know I can't afford it, but it was. I said, Lauren, if we do this every month. In 10 years, if we don't make any, you know, <laughs> we're done, you know. Finished. So, because I don't want to be consumer anymore. I want to be like, you know. I mean, I get crazy. it. I understand what you're saying. Like, yeah, you know, I want to I wanna be joyful no matter what I'm doing, you know. 
Yeah. And you enjoy you enjoy your life the way it is now. Like yeah. being able to go in and out of where you are at home, travel. Yeah, I like I like to well, when are you coming up to the house, by the way? Invite me up. Okay. Invite me up. In the next few weeks. Up. Yeah, of course. I'll come I'll come up for a day or two. What why why do you like to stick it within an hour, by the way? Sometimes I I drop off. My, yeah, I know. I know you do. I, I drop I off and I have to try. No, and what, I, what I'm saying to you is instead of trying to force something that I might need to build bandwidth in, I'm, I trust myself like it's over. Right. That's right. Now. Well, that's why there's two of us, though. You know, but what I'm saying is like if I'm not there fully for those last right. 10 minutes, I don't think it's a good, it's a good collab. I would right. rather... You know, be honest and tell you. Well, you know, it's like, it's like it being a cousin. Like, let's, it's time to leave. Let's develop increasing your bandwidth just ten more extra minutes. Yeah, of course, but but I'm just letting you know. Right. <laughs> that my I, honestly, here, like I thought, the two interviews that we did that were on fifteen minutes were better than the hour one. Which one was the hour one? The first Billy. one. Billy. Oh, really? But Billy was really good. I'm telling you, we have three good interviews. I have five more people that we're gonna do. I spoke to my 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 friend. Where, where is Mulaney? I text her. I texted. I did text her. Now we're down to an hour. I gotta catch a one thirty. I gotta oh, catch a one thirty train. Okay. Well, there she is. Yep. I'm, I'm going to give her a little, she, she knows you, I'm just going to give her a 30-second history of my life. Hello, good morning. Morning, morning. Hey, good morning, boy. How are you? You look beautiful. Where are you going? Looks Where, like an angel. Looks oh. like an angel. <laughs> if you only saw me like two minutes ago. I just want like to introduce that. you before we get started to yeah. Ed Letterman and. Uh, Ed, take it away. Hey, Melanie. So I've been a photographer for 42 years. I'm on my 42nd year. Ooh. It's still it's still going. Nice. And, uh, you know, I'm doing it differently now. I'm collaborating with young photographers. And um, it's uh, like you. I was, uh, yours, you know, I watched a few of your videos, which we'll, I'll ask about. Um, but like you, I knew at 12 years old, I wanted to be a photographer. and then. Everybody told me it was a good hobby. And your parents didn't do that, apparently. And, and I want to talk about, you know, I think late night, I want to talk about just sort of your upbringing. The other thing I wanted to talk about, uh, Lane knows you well, so he has a million questions, was you, is when you went from a soul-sucking experience to this is what really inspirational and a lot of fun. That, those are quoted words, he said, <laughs> from one of your in They're quoted, they're quoted uh, words. Those are, I was like, soul sucking? When did she say that? All right. So, <laughs> so that's actually from one of your actual and, interviews. And, and you could ask us any, a lot of questions if you want, because we, we're trying to make it a conversation more than an interview. Exactly. I okay. think that's what's really essential. We're imagine you know six cocktails in. We're at the end of the dinner party, and we're really just like liming now, you know, okay. and really okay. talking liming. Liming, um, Eddie's the term in the Caribbean for shooting the shit and just hanging out, right? So now we're liming and we're having a conversation, 
and please, we're encouraging you as a creative to like, if something that comes up, you know, that, that of course it's, 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 it's Mulaney centric, but uh, focused, but yeah, we're focused ask, on us a, sure. ask us a question. If you are inspired to, to keep it okay. a little bit more okay. dynamic than, you know, you being responsible to hold the entire, you know the what I mean? Okay. Yeah, and once yeah. in a while, and you know, ladies, if you want to ask him a question about, you know, that's something that's relevant to, you know, just knowing him even, that would be great. Okay. So, so and I'll point, probably do the same thing. I tend to, you know, ask Layton a question during, just to get that conversation going. And right. I think I'm going to start, I got two places that we I can start. I so can we start, start in the middle. So, we don't make any interest. Yeah, we're, we like, like starting in the middle. And then actually. we come back. Like in, something that's right sort of a little weird. So okay, one second. I just want to uh, put my um, computer on. Do not disturb. Got okay. it. Yeah, okay. I did so, the same thing. Oh, hold on one second. I don't even know how to do that. Do you Somebody. have a Mac, Ed, Ed? Do you have a Mac or a PC? PC. Yeah, I don't know what how your notifications work, but we have to go to the system preferences and then notifications. Okay, no. I have everything off, so. Oh, yeah, so you're good. So, Mulaney, no, where would you I like to? I don't think she's, I think she's. Oh, oh she's. she's okay, yeah, I just, I turned it on. So. Okay, so I got two places I will, I could just say, and we like starting in just sort of a weird place. Uh, the, well, two things, one thing we have in common is that I didn't have it. I still don't have a TV. And um, the other thing that I love what you said, and I totally resonated with it. And it's what I tr truly believe is joy comes in many forms. You said that. And I like, well, and maybe that's a good. And the other place, and just how where you're more comfortable. I love the way you cut tiles. It was a 40 second video. It was amazing. Like you just do it so effortlessly. And um, and I definitely want to talk about that as a practice, you know, how you practice being that good at something, you know? <laughs> so where, where where would you like to start? Either with the TV Enjoy or the Connected uh, or the Cutting Tiles? Ooh, I mean, they're also very good topics. So you choose, because honestly, I could go into any of them. Okay. Um, let's go to let's go to the Joy. Let's go to okay. the Joy. Let's start with Joy. Too. Yeah, so um, yeah, we'll start. Holy, just give me a second. Hey, Melanie, how's it going? Um, you know, one thing we really have in common, the two of us, is that, well, you have a TV now. I'm still looking for the right TV. And I heard you say online somewhere that joy comes in many forms, which I love and I'm a true believer in. Can you describe what the joy comes in many forms is for you? Sure. Sure. When I think about joy, I mean, joy is, yes, it could be something very, uh, an accomplishment, like, hey, you just won an award or, you know, featured in a magazine. But then also the joy of being able to just sleep late, <laughs> lie in bed, you know, relaxing, be able to just walk outside and, you know, see the sun, feel the rays, see the sun set and rise on the same day. You know, there's so many different ways that we overlook as far as what joy could be and how it how it adds to our lives. You know, as a creative person, you know, I, I feel like it's um, and in many ways a privilege to go to a studio or have access to a studio where I can create. And I always feel joyful when I'm going there. Yes, it's very tedious and tiring work. It's it's, it's 
requires patience. It requ- it requires a lot of um, a lot of steps to achieve what it is that I'm trying to express. But when I see the results, I feel joyful. I feel happy and excited to see what I created after spending who knows like 70 hours, 100 hours. I don't even keep track because you know. I don't think if I kept track of the hours, that would bring me joy. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So are you saying the process is always joyful? The the, the process, for me, the process is joyful, but I I also understand that they are tedious processes. And I, I, I really. You lean, you're saying, you're saying you lean into the tedium in a way, like you just like, you allow yourself. It's called, I I hear discipline when you're, when you're discussing these. Process. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I share, I, I do share a lot of the process because I want people to understand what's involved in making work, mm-hmm. um, and that even when you're making, they're they're not always. It's not always a success. You don't always. You're not always successful with expressing whatever idea. I, you know, there are many failures along the way. Um, you know, so I like to share the realities of being an artist or a creative or whatever that. We have these ups and downs, but even with those ups and downs, there's that moment where you find the spark where it clicks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh. And then it's like, okay, I, that's where the joy comes back. You know, even with those moments of like trying to figure out how do I get from point A to point B. It, so. It's so funny because uh, I'm going to ask Lady the same question about joy. For me, the process is joy, almost more than seeing the picture. I love just going out with the camera. The process is great. Um, it, my day will always get a little better. Even, you know, sometimes it'll get turned into magic, but sometimes it'll just be a little better, which is better than just wallowing. Um, so, so, the, so what I hear from you is that the inspiration is like a joyful moment, and then you got to do the work. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, by the way, both of you, are, everybody's frozen on the screen. I don't know if it's really? just yes. Oh no, we're 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 we good and we're recording. We're good it, so. and I'm not frozen. Okay, so it might be your. I think is it your internet connection? You think on your end? Mm, just um, it might unfreeze. It could unfreeze, hopefully, or we're all frozen on my side. But as long as you guys are good, we'll continue. <laughs> you can hear it anyway, right? It, it, that'll be an interesting video to see what happens there. Well, you're recording it, so we're good, Lane. Right, right, and I'm, it's being recorded to my computer. Okay. But um, uh, well, yeah. right now, you know, before I answer the question, I'm going to introduce our our little you know startup podcast. It's uh, Layden Lewis and Ed Letterman, um, and our, the name of our podcast is Mad Creative, where we um, work and have conversations with creative people in our in and out of design and art and all across. Um, uh, across a spectrum of uh, practices. And today we're speaking with Melanie Barnett and Melanie is a ceramicist. I don't know if I want to put artist before ceramicist, but um, an activist, um, political activist, um, uh, warrior goddess and, um, and, uh, and, and personal friend. So thank you, Melanie, for joining us today for our conversation. Yeah, thank, thanks. Thank you, Lady, for such a lovely introduction. <laughs> so, um, Ed, you were saying about asking about joy and inspiration. I wanted to make sure that we got our introduction in there. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, 
I think Melanie answered that really well. Um, what you want? You got a question, Lynn? No, well, I mean, I you know, I was interested. I was you know, joy. Oof! I feel like the pressure on happiness in our in our current world is very toxic. You know what I mean? Like I think, and I get confused sometimes personally between feeling like. Are people asking me whether I'm happy or is it what it how is joy? So you're right. I think joy is a slight more morsels of like that fig, that fig butter on my toast. Like, ooh, I'm about to eat that yummy thing, you know, and like, oh, doesn't this person's nails like it's an observation and something small to me is, is, is joy. Um, sometimes get um, I get confused between this kind of like elated. I'm supposed to be like when somebody says joy, I'm supposed to be in some sort of elated, you know, state. Yeah. You know, versus like you know, just getting on the phone with you and kikiing or talking to Ed or you know, those are these like these crumbles of things that come together and make a joyful thing. But it, I think the create for my the way I feel honored as a creative is like. I got the insider on looking at that stuff. I feel like I got a little bit of an insider on taking the time to look, if that makes sense. No, I, I agree. I agree. I think I think what happened I, to your point, Layden, about this idea is around around what joy is supposed to look like and feel like. <laughs> so if we think about society, it's like the celebrations, you know, and that is part of joy, but. You know, I think as a creative, we work a, a lot. Of, we spend a lot of time by ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think, I think we're able to think about it in a different way, that it's not always like this tangible um, thing that we touch or it's, it's more of an emotion or a, a feeling that you may not be able to describe to others because it becomes very personal. Um, right. I don't think many of us tap into that personal joy more so than the extended where it's about a, a, a literal celebration with groups of people. Right, right. We have to make a party because we're going to have joy at that party. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that's the beauty of being a creative is that joy, joy isn't always happy. I think that's what you're really saying. Yeah. yeah. Is that it's not, oh, we're just happy. I mean, when I carry around 36 pounds of equipment, it's not happy. It's yeah. challenging, but there's an amazing amount of joy in it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, That's just the, pro the practice and the process. Yeah. Agreed. And because just like when I see my hands all dirtied in clay, <laughs> fingernails, all, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm feeling this, this piece of the, the earth and I'm able to mold it into whatever it is I want. And it's a very dirty process. You know, I'm not wearing my best clothes or anything like that, but just having my hands in this material, I feel joyful. I'm excited. So um, let me. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna piggyback on that question. This or this business about being in the earth. I think what we um we've had. You know, just just giving a, a little overview so far in our interviews. We've had print a, a wonderful master printmaker, um, uh, academic level musician and and theorist like yourself. Really, really, really. Um, very versed in, in his practice and um and what uh, what about this medium in the earth what what about that that's like somehow, somehow i got this flash of mud pies and 
and tomboyerism. So it, you know what I mean? Like that's what just flashed in my head for a second. Oh, there's Mulaney making those mud pies again. And then like, and then, you know, fast forward 30 years, you know, is, is that, what about the earth? It's so funny because I didn't make mud pies as a child. And I, <laughs> to and I get that fantasy out of your head, right? Yeah, and I used to eat it too. So it's like, uh, oh, you, oh, you did used to make mud pies. Yes. And I okay. Was, all right. This is amazing. Okay. <laughs> and eat those mud pies. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> those full circle. Yeah, full circle. Full circle. And the funny thing is, when I'm making, working in clay now, the way I carve in my in the clay. They look like chocolate bars. So I guess there's a sense of always wanting to eat something related to the earth. <laughs> well, well, well your, I, your tiles, actually, I was watching you make tiles, uh-huh. just cutting them. Yeah. Like, and the straight lineness of it was amazing. And you only put out one square thing, but then you went past it. It looked like you made two tiles or maybe four tiles even. Well, well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing about working in, like, with clay, the, the possibilities and the multiplicity of what you create is unlimited. Um, and every time I come back to the medium, I think about there are no boundaries as to what you want to create. It's just that there are different steps to getting to the end product. But the reality is you could pretty much make anything out of clay. Mm. Pretty much anything. And it's just a matter of how much time do you want to put in? How much patience do you have? And, you know, with any idea, it's all about the execution, right? So the only person or thing that's stopping us and creating with this medium really is us and our imagination. But this material is so powerful that every we're all sitting in this in spaces, like literally in clay, I can recreate the space. I can right. sculpt a portrait. You know, make the art, you know, I could sculpt uh, its camera, you know, everything could be made out of clay, which is, which is wow. really amazing, right? Yeah, that's a crazy thought. I love that. And I'm just going to take you back a little to your childhood mm-hmm. a bit. And um, when did you know you were going to be an artist or a creative? Well, I, you know, I've been doing this start with those mud pies, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, I have visions in my backyard making those pies and my mother calling me, um, you know, but I've been drawing ever since I was eight years old and, you know, as far back as I can remember. And I just remember at that time I got selected for a program on my elementary schools for artistically talented. And, um, you know, they selected a few art students, um, and we would draw and paint on a weekly basis. You know, my art teachers back then, they saw something. I was drawing portraits back then. And once I got into this program where we drew every week, honestly, that was my first array into dealing with racism and in art, but not knowing at that child, that's what I was experiencing because I was painting portraits. And I remember my cousin was living with us at the time. And my mother's sister's son, right? So we're first cousins. And um, I, I, you know, he was a baby at the time. And I remember I wanted to draw his portrait. And he was very dark skinned. So he's darker than me, skin tone. But my professor, I guess my teacher at the time, she only taught us how to uh, mix skin tones that were equivalent to white people. Oh, my God. 
oh, the painting, I only could mix up to a certain tone. And so I have this painting in my house. My mother has it hanging in her house. And it was supposed to be my cousin. But it's like a light shade version of your cousin. Yes. Holy moly. That's Yeah, now looking back at that painting, along with all the other ones I painted during that time, there were... There were no black people. Like if you looked at the way, you know, skin tone wise, um, even though I again, I started with that one. And then I just painted my friends who were, you know, at the time they were mostly white girls. And, you know, that became what my portfolio looked like. And but it wasn't until I got to um, high school when I started to really embrace who I am as an artist. And I actually I was playing the violin for many years, too. So that was to, to tell you, from the third grade, it was violin, piano, and painting. And then during middle school, I gave up painting because the art, the, the, the schools just eliminated the art programs and you really didn't have a, much of a choice. So I just continued with the violin and the piano. But then when I got to high school, I said, Mommy, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. So, <laughs> you know, I was just like, well, so I chose to go back to visual arts in the 10th grade. And I remember the painting I did. I said, you know what? Now I'm doing self-portraits. I'm going to take control of, you know, the vision or the visuals that I paint. And you can't deny who I am. And so I was very adamant on doing a lot of self-portraits at the time. And luckily, I had a teacher who supported, you know, my work. And I remember um, we had an assignment to paint a a portrait of whoever, um, like Chuck Close, how he did like grid. Yes. And so I did one of myself and I entered it into the art show and I won honorable mention. And so that, you know, that was a little boost. That's like, okay, I yeah. made the right decision. I'm, I'm making the right decision. But I have a, have a question about that. The, this, this, I guess this question of, right, I guess I, I am, it's not even identity. I don't want to muck it up, muck it up in, in my head. I'm just talking to myself. Like this idea, like, so if something had happened clearly with these depictions of early on about the, the you know, you depicting the friends you had and the friends you had were, were not your color. Yes. And then you switch over to this, like, was, did that come from the fa- from your family of origin or were you just like, wait a minute, I need to see myself in my art. Yeah, well, what happened was, um, this was, we're talking the late 80s, right? So, or, yeah, the 80s and... I started to read um, books. I actually read um, Autobiography of Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. And that really changed my trajectory on what it was to be Black. Um, I wanted to go have a deeper dive into my heritage and culture. You know, um, uh, hip hop was, you know, was, uh, I'm t- thinking about, it was um, Karis One. Right. It was it was it was hitting a, a major high. Yeah. And, yeah. What, and what they were speaking about. And, you know, then, you know, I had flashback of childhood memories of, you know, we we I live in a neighborhood where to this day, 49, 49 years later, we're still the only black family in the neighborhood. Wow. OK, so I thought about, again, you know, who I associated with, you know, were white girls. That's who was in my neighborhood and, the, and boys, too. But again. Right. So, but then I thought about the different experiences I would have going to their house. They really didn't come to my house as much, but I would always go to theirs, you know, the sleepovers, you know, questioning my hair, you know, 
I even in softball, I was I was a, a, an athlete. I would consider it, I was interested in sports, you know, and I played softball. And I'll never forget. I got on the team. I was the only black girl on the team. They could not pronounce my name. So they decided to call me Molly. <laughs> and so, but you think if it wasn't so disastrously painful, that's I horrible. Think about, I think about this at 10 years old. You, you know, I had a good arm. I was playing third base. And then my father got caught on to this thing about my, them changing my name. And he, he, I remember he went to the coach. It was like, no, you need to know how to pronounce her name. This is her name. And you're going to have to, you know. But at 10 years old, I didn't know. I, you know, I wasn't, I didn't yeah, know. But you, you, you see, some, something happens. Something happens when you're, when, even at 10, you, yeah. you're, you're, there's a knowledge of known. You might not know all the specificity of what's happening, but there's an energy that's created. Yes. Yeah, yeah. of course. Of course. Yeah. And, you know, you know and so. So these different experiences, I mean, I'm sure there's many more, but these things that were happening prior to my awakening, I call it my cultural awareness in high school, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, started with reading Malcolm X. And then I started reading more and more and started. Uh, By by the way, real quickly, just a little side note, Malcolm X lived in my hometown. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, in Mount Vernon, New York, along with Puff Daddy and, you know, and, uh, but anyway, that was just a, just a little everything. A little thing. Yeah. Oh, just, just that. A... Can we pause one second, please? Sure. Of course. I'll pause. I really want to log in and log back out. You guys are frozen. I don't see anything. It's so no way. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause it. So and we're gonna have to splice two videos together. I'm yeah, yeah, that's fine. It. I was gonna say you don't need to pause. If I come out and come back yeah, in, okay. Come out All and come right, back do in. that, do that. You keep, right. it, you keep it going. I okay? keep it right. Okay. Yeah, let me just come Sounds back. Good. Thank you. Yeah, Malcolm X lived in my hometown, lived in Mount Vernon. I just interviewed for a project in Mount Vernon. Where, who, where? Um, a guy named Ian Conroy. Wow. He's a restaurateur. And it's on something place, I forget. But you know, uh, Mount Vernon's small, so I don't know the place. Yeah, what road is it? California Road? No, it's really nice. But I mean the house is the house hasn't been touched in 70 years and it's a then of course they want a miracle for a for a, <laughs> what else is there? for a bag of potato chips they want a miracle. No, I wouldn't say that. I'm being that's that's me being oh I have to be be aware. That's me being very um We'll cut that out. Are you we'll still recording? Yeah. No, that's why I'm putting, I'm leaving all this meat in there for you to go, oh my God, this is when he made the confession about needing more coaching. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Seriously. No, you, you, everybody needs coaching about things in general, just a helpful tool, you know? 100%. You know, and, uh, I wouldn't be sitting here right now on Sunday morning at 11.29 if it was not for you, mister. Oh, uh, I, I, I think you would have gotten there and made just been a different route. Oh, in, in, in 10 years later. Trust me. You know, if no, I mean, everything happened the way it happened. Um, Mulaney, where are you? She's not coming. I'm, she's she's um, 
I'm supposed to go to the beach. I'm supposed to go to the beach today. Today? Hmm? To, uh, I, I'm going upstate. Beach? I'm going upstate. I have a 120 train. Oh shoot. That's okay. I'd rather miss. I'd rather do this than miss the that, and miss the train if we get a great interview. Right. Yeah. And what is it, Lauren? You you have the car parked there. Or Lauren picks you up. Lauren picks me up. Oh nice. Where you go to um to uh, um. What's the one with the R? You go to um, Rhinebeck. Right. Yeah, Rhinebeck. Yeah, it makes sense. So, where where, she, where does she live now, Mulaney? Mulaney's just finishing up a little apartment in um, Philadelphia because she's just wrapping up her thesis at Temple. You know, she, her, she's now a master. Let me call her. So she's gonna stay in Philadelphia? No, she's heading back up. We're doing her apart her house. Let me just. Oh, I'm coming. I'm coming. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm okay. Bye bye. Turn the computer off. I don't know what happened. Okay. All right. We'll we'll see you in a second. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye. I'm gonna take this moment to take a little bio break. Okay. I'm gonna run to the. Okay. Back. How was that? <laughs> yeah, where is she? She said she had to turn off her computer and everything. Uh, yeah. yeah, she had a little bit of a technological glitch. But it shouldn't should affect our part anyway. No, 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 you're going to play. Yeah, here she is. Okay, sorry about that. Of course, the day never have such computer problems. You good? Okay. You're good now. Yes. All right. <laughs> you can see us? You can see us moving yeah, and everything. Are frozen. Everybody was frozen for some. Oh yeah, time. that's not a good conversation. I'm yeah. like, oh, I can't do it anymore. So sorry. Yeah, I, don't know. I look better frozen. I think. People <laughs> <laughs> are frozen in good position. So yeah. yeah. Right. There, there is no good position. So, so I'm gonna just I'm, I'm, I'm Ed. Please go ahead and ask a ask a question. I mean, um, I mean, so, uh, I, I'm actually gonna just also also Melanie. Does any of this trigger any questions for us? Well, I mean, 
you could really relate in and I'll, I'll ask you. I don't know if you had those type of experience as a child. I mean, what I'm relating to as far as like being taught skin tone colors and, you know, thinking about how, you know, racism has affected your design practice. Mm. Maybe not even realizing it now, but just experiences from childhood, how they like, maybe you're remembering them now and like, hmm. Maybe that's why I think this way. Maybe that's why I do blah, blah, blah. Definitely. I definitely, you know, I, um, you know, I, I, I try to work on these things. You know, you, you've certainly been a part of uh, my iteration of my own self as my person in personal development and understanding where I come from, especially as part of a community, because you can, you can become educated about where you're from by yourself. And then you can become educated about who you are in a community. Yeah. And that really feels very different, you know. I um, mean, we can get to that in a second. But um, I grew up painting and being right in the middle of Black um, and Brown individuals. So my sketches already included, like, I actually unlearned my love of myself when I went to a high school that was predominantly white. You know, I grew up in black and brownness from 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 a little kid up until high school. And then now all of a sudden, a whole bunch of insecurities and puberty hit. And because uh, all of a sudden I was going to this art high school, I went to the high school of art and design. And although there was a large amount of, of black and brown, still somehow whatever was happening, I just sensed that those those the, those those white kids were a little bit more important <laughs> yeah, and because I, I actually went to a very mixed high school, right? And uh, but you could see, and it, it's funny because we had we had a high school reunion, and still very mixed. You know, it was a really nice blend of people that showed up, and but you could see back then there were more resources going into things for white kids. Yeah. Then there were, you know, then there were resources going into the brown and black communities in yeah. high school. Okay. Right. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get killed for that, but <laughs> you were the board of directors or something. No, I'm not right. no, because <laughs> no, well, I mean, I think that's true. We know that that to be systemic in the nation. I mean, that's not gonna become as a surprise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, and the other thing is that. I've been I've I've been nurtured to be the only black person right in these white spaces like for for my entire life you know and then I go and then being an artist and then I decide to focus like I I went to art school my you know my first year of college was a I was a painting major at SUNY Purchase but then I decided to go to design school whereas where that's when I found FIT Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City and, you know, I, I was doing fashion illustration and I found textile design. And so again, each space, I was like the only black person and in my the only black person in the class, but textile design, it was, I was the only black person in the class. <laughs> <laughs> half white, my class was literally half white, half Asian, and then me. All right. And, I literally, I mean, Layton and I have been in conversation for like the last five years and we talk to each other a lot. And one day he, just in the middle of our conversation, he just said, F racism, 
You know, like it came just out of nowhere. Well, it came out probably from a meeting had, but I didn't have any context at all about it. And he was all of a sudden he just was avaricious. And, and then we had a conversation about it. So I've learned a lot about vulnerability and racism through Layton. But and what I think what, what I love about Layton so much, he he really as I love his design work, but he is a poet. He really is a poet. He read something to me a few weeks ago that was just amazing. I said, Layton, how are you not writing every day? You know? I have to share that with you, Mulaney. There's some, there's some, there's another thing that's emerging. It's some writing. Oh, okay. Yeah, some writing that makes and I gotta tell you, it was beautiful. I, I like I was so touched that he read it to me, but I was so amazed how good it was. Yeah, so I mean. The, 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 it, the, you know, I think it actually follows up. I think this whole idea about racism. Um, I'm going to come back to Melania and then I'm going to ping pong back onto my writing in a little bit. But Melania, so Ray, like if someone doesn't uh, observe the breadth of interviews and all the stuff, this interview could almost land as though it's about how racism <laughs> is generates your inspiration in your work. Right. Well, no, uh, well, I, no, 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 wait, wait, okay. no, 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 I know. And I don't, I don't mean that bad. I just want to make sure that you get to describe the whole full of like, like what, how racism plays a, a role in your creativity or can it, or is it a reaction to, or. You know. Well, I think, I think it's the awareness of our systemic problem of the society, mm -hmm. you know, understanding like the different scenarios that I was in as a child. Right. And then how I've navigated my life or my, my career as an artist through this, you know, through the racist system, which is a systemic problem. Right. And, and I think it's more about the awareness of, you know, like, well, and it, it's like it's sad, but yeah, it makes sense. Like why my career is where it is. Right. Right. Like I could tell I could give you all the scenarios of all the loopholes and all the things I had to jump through just to get to where I am. And then if we look at my white counterparts, right. Colleagues, I should say, right. You know, and in, in, in the same field and the they're, type of they're, 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 they're in another place in there. Yeah. The type of projects they've gotten, you know, and we've done like the same trade shows, you know, work with the same manufacturers, you know, all that stuff. Right. Yeah. But when you see who, who is the majority in the industry that we're in and who are making the decisions and all these, all the gatekeepers, you know, it's, it becomes down to this game that you're playing. Yeah. And, you know, how this game was set up through racializing communities right. and the people who are deciding are based, deciding based on what's comfortable for them. So well, you guys in a way are the pioneers of your, um, in the design industry for, Black people. Well, you know, it's interesting when I hear this word pioneer, right? It, um, it, it Layden, as you, you're, you're famous for, it's a trigger. Yeah, right? it's a trigger. It's, it's a trigger because, you know, pioneer in what way, right? I, you know, how much more pain and suffering do we have to deal with? Like, is it really pioneering when you don't even feel that you achieve what you know you could if the systemic problem wasn't around, right? Is it pioneering because 
you know what, like Layden said, I'm saying fuck racism and all the other problems around and just continue to live my life and find the joy, you know, knowing that this system is going to be here for the as for as long as I'm living. You know, I don't see it just all of a sudden just dismantling like in the next 50 years, which I plan right. to live another 50. You know? <laughs> I'm not sure the plan's going to make it that long, but. You know, but the thing is like, okay, so it's, I don't know. Sometimes when I think about that word, it's like, yeah, because I, you know, I, I'm still vocal. I'm still doing the work knowing that I, we have all these barriers around us. So, you know, because we look back in history and we have so many, you know, people in the community that we call pioneers, right? But yet we're still struggling. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, 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 My apologies, I, no, it's, 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 it's a word used all the time. I completely understand because we, we, there, there's a truth to the word too, which is the, the availability for the, 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 the small crack of visibility that is now being offered our, our kind is, 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 is trans, is, is, is pioneering for them. You know, in a lot right. of ways, it's pioneering for them. You know, um, uh, those institutions. Um, but yeah, I just want to make sure and wrap up a question. Skin tone colors. I just want to make sure I answer the lady. Skin tone tone colors. I grew up with enough black and brown people that I don't. I don't remember. I did a lot of work. I think I was. I think I, you know. T- total full confession. I was avoided because of my own queer stuff. I think that actually that my vibrations around feeling like, eh, I'm like I'm gay. So I felt I think that distracted me from focusing on how this other thing that is was much more relevant in a lot of ways. Or, you know, I think my my being gay overpowered the the the, the color, the color issue in my life. I would say, and okay. it's only now that those two trains are kind of meeting and and finding peace together, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. but Ed, I mean, for you, you know, the, I think you know, the, the, you know, the question is always like, you know, as the white, you know, you're Jewish, Jewish man in the room, and an artist, I, you know, and I just want to say, Melanie was the first person who told me you need coaching. <laughs> and then, no, no, I swear to God. So she's she's here, sitting right here, and then and you're the guy who is was my first coach. You're my 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 coach, and you know, and we don't we don't share ethnic stuff together, but we spoke on. You know, I'm wondering where is that place that we spoke so that we made connection, right? Like I didn't go. I needed a black coach, and maybe one day I will decide make that decision. But today, you know. What do you think about all that? Uh, well, I think we did talk about stuff like that because I think you have changed a lot of who you be, who you became. I mean, we had conversations about sort of mimicking who was in the room with you, as opposed to being. Can I can I say this? Here? Of course, you and, as opposed to just being. Milady knows self. about. Milady knows the. As opposed to being your just just your best self. Yeah. I think you've got to, you know, you're on the road. I mean, we never all, any of us get there, but you're definitely on the road to being that version of yourself, you know, an inspirational black designer who's a poet. I mean, I mean, I wish I had some of the talents you had. I mean, it's just incredible. 
So where we started, so I, so I disagree. We did have those conversations just in a different context. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. You're right. And sometimes I was uncomfortable with them because I didn't know what to say. Like <laughs> I remember saying to you, I remember yeah. saying to you, well, here we are in the middle and I can, we can't fix racism inside this conversation, can we? So yeah. who do you want to be inside of that is what the conversation ended up being. Did I do it right? Or was it, it was it, you know, was an uncomfortable moment? No, I think you're hitting on something I want to talk to Mulaney about. I think there's that point at which we have to stand and face this thing that we understand is the, the reason why so many of us experience pain and discomfort and yet move through it. I think that's what, what, what Ed, that's what, that's the only thing Ed could offer. He was like, okay, the world's totally fucked up. We know that it's full of racism. We know that, you know, all this facts. Yes. What, what, what's going to happen? What yeah. are you doing Yes. for yourself? How are you going to take care of yourself through that? Yeah, and that's why I go back to how you started, Ed. Joy comes in multiple, in many ways. Right. Because of all of the things that we are aware of that are trying to steal it from us, mm. you know. So um, yeah, and 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 it's that's why it's really important to really come back to self. The awareness is what's needed in order for us to get to self. Right, and without awareness, there's no new action. That's right. You know, so I am totally agreeing with that. And. Being that, okay, I'm going to ask both of you this question. How would you describe, like, I, I'm going to give you the words for myself. I, you know, my essence as a creative person is creativity, joy, and devotion. If I'm in that space, that's where I know that life has worked for me as a creative or as a human being, as a husband, as a friend. When I'm, my other side of that is type A slacker which is pretty good. It gets me through life. I don't call my clients to find out how well things went. I will get into an argument with a friend or uh, a loved one just because it's a a lazy thing to do. So how would you describe your essence? You you want to essence and our, and our shadow. Yeah. I just want to make sure. Okay. Milady, you hit it. I was going to say, you go ahead, lady. My essence. I love, I find myself, I like, I find myself always laugh. I did not know until I got on zoom, how much I laugh and smile. And I want to almost, it makes me feel like so warm and full that sometimes despite how I feel, I always laugh and smile. I'm always my body is ready to do that. So I would say that my essence is, is, is at the core is to feel responsible for bringing joy. I do feel like it's my personal responsible, responsibility to, to, to add that to the space. Um, so joy, richness, and color, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I think all of those words have a lot of Ways they can be interpreted. Yeah. yeah. So it's a little, the question's a little unfair. Lane and I have gone through this, this questioning, you know, talked about this for a yeah. while. Yeah. And the one thing we, none of us can really do well is pick our own essence, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Lane, what, 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 how would you describe Mulaney's essence? Oh, um, I've referred to Mulaney several times as warrior. 
and I will do this warrior, and I will say it always, Melania Bayou. And I think, first of all, the warrior is always meticulously dressed, if you understand the warrior I'm thinking about, the warrioress. Please, please describe that one. You know what I mean? Meticulously dressed, strong body, strong body, and focused on the task at hand. That's how I see Milady. Now Milady's frozen. Are you frozen, Milady? Oh, okay, okay, good. Oh, no, sure. You held your head very still. And I'm going to take a guess just from watching your videos. You, I think you're you like you keep using the word joy, and I think you are not going to be de denied your joy. No matter, you're not going to let people get in the way of your joy, and it doesn't, it, you know. So I would say one of your the essence parts of you are joy and warrior. That's, that's a great one. Those are two great ones. And what do you, what do you say for yourself now, my lady? What but do you, you know, it's so interesting. I know on the outside, that's what people see. Yeah. This warrior. Strong. But the essence really of me is like, I'm a very silly, laid back person. Mm. And I don't think there's not enough people that see that part of me. Like, you know, like I said, forward facing because they think about my activism and the work I do and how I'm very vocal. And that is part of me. But I think I think the true essence of me is that Melanie does like to have fun. She's a silly person. And I'm very caring. I generally care for the well-being of others, sometimes to the detriment of myself, which is something that I have to constantly work on. Yeah. Empathy to a fault. Yeah. So yeah. that would be your shadow side, or yeah, what okay. they call it. that would be. Am I coming from empathy to a fault, which is pretty good when you have to look at where it's going to help you, where it's going. I sound like a coach now, terrible, but okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, you know where it helps you, where it hurts you. That that survival mechanism, and you know, and if you come from essence, which is joy, warrior, and silly, like when you go into a meeting. Yeah. If you can just connect with those names. I always use like a message. Warrior and silly. You know, the thing about it is, I just realized that when you said that, it was it, it, it made me understand something about the way people decide to see you. You know, yeah. I think I need you to be the warrior. Yes, yes. You understand? Does that make sense, Ed? Like, and I, but no, no, but let's slow down for a second, just for a second. I, like, I need you, Ed, to be. Gandalf the wise, you know what I mean? Like, I do not need to have you freaked, you know what I mean? Like these ways in which we decide that other people have to operate in our lives. So I, I, I appreciate you saying that. And I'm going to take that cue about seeing you in a more silly way. I think we absolutely explore that part. I may not speak to it, but I, you are a silly, silly little duck. I know that. <laughs> I know that. And we do, but, but maybe that has to do with, and it's a question about like one thing I know about Layton is he is incredibly vulnerable. He just puts it out there. Uh, I'm a little more guarded. I've actually been open, more open, Layton about who I am probably in the last year. Would you say? Of course. And I've learned a lot about vulnerability. So do you think the warrior inhibits the vulnerability, and does that affect your artwork? Mm. Mm. I think so. Because to your point, Layden, people are expecting this quote unquote warrior type of work, I say, or part of me to always show up in the work. 
Mm. But there are moments when I don't want to do that. And so right now, like I'm in the space of, well, you, lady, not, lady, we talked about that, showing that vulnerable side. Like what right. does that look like, you know? Right. And, you know, really tapping into that. And that's something that I'm, I'm really interested in, in pushing forward. Not mm-hmm. sure how, what's going to look like, um, but I'm on that journey to get there. It'll be interesting to see what the art look work looks like that's different from what you've created hmm. when, it, when you come from, from that space. Yeah. And for, for, for you, but what the, defi- the, the, the softer side, does that have... Um, okay, no, I'm just going to... The, the softer, silly side. I mean, that, I'm interested in that. Maybe we'll, that'll be our, our part two, you know, in our next season. And we'll, we'll be able to... <laughs> well, well, you know... Yeah. It's, I, I'll share this, and you know, late and I, I shared a bit of this with you. I started with, um, I was in Dominica recently, Ed, on a trip by myself. And I started to um, take portraits of myself nude, mm-hmm. which I have not done in, oh, I think the last time I did was like about 35, you know, about 35. My body, my body has changed, you know. And, you know, I just started with this shoot, just, you know, the very central picture. I haven't shared with anybody, but the point is that was from the beginning steps of like tapping into that side. Now I haven't decided what I'm doing with it. And I made sure I took photographs and video, right. um, you know, so who knows where, what will happen with it. But mm-hmm. I feel that it's the beginning of that conversation of showing this other side of me that you know, people are not, they haven't they haven't experienced. I should say. Not now, what's more vulnerable than taking photographs of yourself? Nothing. You know, in, naked. You know, no. yeah. You know, it's because you because all the all the shaming and looking and you know it's all right in there. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm hard to look at in the mirror sometimes. You know, so <laughs> the uh, um, you know, especially being over sixty now, it's like. But actually, I used it a little inspiration. Got me walking, got me working out. I was looking at some wow, good old, old guy's body. And oh, I met a I met a guy who's seventy five years old who's who started his modeling career. Wow. Okay. Last night. Yeah. So I don't know. That's another story, Ed. Yes. So what I want to know, I, I got a question from Melanie here. And when did it go from, as you said, a soul sucking experience? you know, the work that you did. And what was that moment? You know, what were the moments like to get into what you actually wanted to do? And I got to say, your work is amazing. Your house is like, like off the chain. <laughs> you know? Wait till you see what's coming next. No, I can't wait. It's, but, can you, it's being messed can around. Can you describe right? that process a little? Well, you know, I have to, I think, um, I need to go back to the beginning a little bit. Let me take you down a little memory lane, Ed and, and Layden. Um, when I started designing rugs, you know, uh, I was working for a company and I always knew I wanted to do my own business. So I, it was, um, uh, we year, we're talking around 20, uh, two, no, 2009. Yeah, t- 2007, six. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I actually, I was working for this company and, you know, it was like, you know what? I realized I'm making this company all this money. 
I'm designing rugs that have nothing to do with my own essence, right? It was, you know, coffee cups, roosters. I could draw. They were making millions of dollars. Right. And it was time to leave. And I, I, me and my boss at the time found another gig, okay? Two years. Um, I was tripled my salary, still designing these same type of rugs. And I saved my money. And then the market crashed, right? So... Then I bought a house in Brooklyn and I was like, well, what else could I do? I have to start my business because nobody was hiring at the time. And I thought, hey, let me bring on my former boss as a business partner. Mm. And we started working because we worked together prior. And so, hey, what better way? We weren't even working together. Big mistake. So <laughs> I have to share this because. That was the beginning of what I started to see as someone trying to control my creative practice. Mm. Um, I was designing from a place of wanting to share my culture, you know, share the, the, the places that I visited in the world, places that I love, you know, from India, places I desired to go to, which was experience the work of the Aborigines in Australia. I was designing based on all these different experiences that I had in the rugs. So they were more like, artwork versus what we would look at as traditional rug floor coverings. Right. Okay. So trying to sell that to designers and try to sell my story became a, a big challenge. They didn't get it because they wanted what they wanted. They wanted to, to create based on their desires of what they think the space should look like with, with the rug. I had a business partner that didn't believe in it after a while because it became more of, okay, we need to sell, we need to make money. So you need to change all of the designs to look like what's selling in the market. Oh my and, God, that sounds hideous. And I did. Uh, horrible. <laughs> I changed the whole collection so it looked like what was selling in the market. Oh my God. And so then we go out and try to shop it. I got, eh, got a few orders. Long story short, we broke up. We, we ended our business relationship took me to court because just out of spite and we ended once we once we separated I, I took my name back I took my the essence of what I wanted to create and then I went back and started creating the work based on my travels around the world my culture heritage blah 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 so I was doing that for a while I was starting to sell again doing the trade shows and then I realized I was doing multiple trade shows, spending thousands and talking like 10, 15 grand a trade show. Right. Getting all the names, following up and not getting any, orders. any orders. It wasn't much. If that tried the sales reps, you know, I was doing everything that all my colleagues were doing. And it wasn't that I was, you know, doing the work in a vacuum. I talked to everybody. I was at all the parties. I read the, the magazines. I knew who's who. I wasn't afraid to introduce myself as Lady knows. <laughs> you know, I was out there and I was out there doing the work. And I was in the magazines. That didn't that did not create my phone to ring off the hook. Right. So it got to a point where I said, you know, I'm I'm designing. Every time a designer would come to me, oh yeah, we want this, we want this, change this, change this. Can you make it this way? So I started to just be an artist for them because I knew how to draw and I knew how to paint. I knew how to design rugs. I had to manufacture it. And then it became, you know, the haggling on the price, all of that. And it just felt like, wait a second, I'm not like a rug dealer. You know, I'm not a rug 
manufacturer. I'm an artist. I'm a designer. Like I create these works with intention to be art, except for the floor. So I got to the point, Ed, where I got a project. It was, you know, for me, it was a big project. I got a Marriott project, which took like two years, two years of negotiating, you know, the rooms in this hotel. And again, the rugs were not even anything I, you know, they were just plain rugs, but. They gave them to you. You got the order. I got the order. And that's when I said, okay, I'm taking a sabbatical from the business. And I went and got a coach, another coach. And because I believe, I believe in having guidance. So I just knew I did not want to do this work the way I was doing it. And it's interesting that coach said to me, um, Jasmine was her name. Well, Melania, you're an artist. And I said, well, I know I'm an artist. And she's like, no, you need to go back to painting. And I was like, what? But I said, I have the guidance and I'm one to listen. So that's how it started. I started painting and I started sharing on Instagram and told my audience, hey, I'm going on a different journey. Most people didn't know I had this talent to paint. And that's how I've always I've always been painting. And what happened was I said, you know, I want to try something new. And that's how I got into play. I said, let me go take a class. Like a lot of people do take a class in the local studio. And I took the wrong class at the time, <laughs> which was funny because I took a slip casting class and I didn't know, I didn't know anything. And the professor said to me, or teacher said, I think you would like hand building. Right, and, um, right, I right, said, right. Okay. So I took yeah. another class and she was right. I did. And that, the hand, and then I started, you know, when you're interested in something, I'm one of these people, like if I'm interested, I go online. I'm looking at YouTube videos. I'm looking at Instagram. I take a deep dive into the material. What's the process? Yes. Who's who? I started looking at, I'm a, you know, the ancestors. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember from my um, African-American art history class, Augusta Savage, Edmonia Lewis. Let me see what their journeys were like. Let me revisit that. And that led me to us going to Italy to, to learn how to sculpt figures because I wanted to follow the, um, the steps of, our, of, of Edmonia. That's where she went. Then it was, I need to do a residency. There has to be a residency for someone like myself who's never worked in clay. Boom, I found one in New York, Greenwich House Pottery. And I'm one who likes to learn. Okay, I really enjoy the process of learning in a group with with fellow enthusiasts. And I said, I'm going to grad school. And I started to do the research. And mind you, Ed and Layden, I applied. The year after that um, residency, I did not get in. I applied to about seven schools. They all said no. Right. And I said, okay, that's okay. I'm going to get a studio. I'm going to make a body of work. And I'm going to get into school this after I apply this. Actually, it was the third time. The right. third time. And I knew once I took those pieces out the kiln, I said, I'm getting into grad school. With this <laughs> nice. Very nice. Yep. So that's the the warrior part of you just sort of took over. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right, right. No, the warrior always cracks the the facade to get to the joy. That's that's right. how I see it, you know. But yeah. but I understand what you're saying. In other words, I think you know i i can I can empathize with you that you know and um, this having to put up this shield and spear to navigate the world. Is, yeah. is it can be a little heavy and burdensome, yeah. you know, and it, and, and, and an antithesis to creativity. 
Because that's, the, that's the not enjoying the word pioneer on that. One. Right, right. You that's exactly that's the not so, enjoying the word. I learned something today at least. Yeah. So yeah. the so even though sometimes the pioneers were great, Dizzy Gillespie, Louis Armstrong, and you know sometimes when you're the first there, it's just. Yeah, no, of course. I, I mean, I'm going to answer. I'm going to step in. I mean, I think this business of being the first for us, Ed, is so historically competitive. You know, I think from the auction block to the to the to, you know, to the Nobel Peace Prize, the first ever for a lot of for, for, for myself personally, I don't want to speak for Mulaney. Um, it, there's a lot of it's a lot of weight and grief yeah. on this first thing. Um, the fact that you know our role in history and and most in most you know uh, Western culture is just like it, we're it, we're woven into the into the fabric of of history. You know. Yeah, and, and the first is a constant reminder Ed, of the systemic problem of racism. That right. So. You know, and I don't think of myself as the first because I'm not. Like, when we really think about it, I'm not the first. Exactly. You know? There were many other artists, Black artists, before me. Mm -hmm. And even in my time, there are many. And that's why, you know, I started the Guild, Black Artists and Designers Guild, to show that I'm not the only one out here. There yeah. are many of us doing yeah. the work. Uh, I remember when Layden's joined, I had taught... We sort of lost touch for about six months, which is right. a long time for us. And and he, I remember he joined the guild, and the um, and it was a total shift for you in a lot of ways because now I had to call his assistant to get a phone call in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! As a black successful man, all I've ever wanted was an assistant. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> You know, no, no, this is a true story. So Lane said, before you call me, we can you please text me? And it was like, wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I was, well, I was starting to get all these calendar invites. I think during that time of badge is when I learned how to use applications that organized my time and where I was supposed to be and how I was communicating. We went from Slack, you know, I mean, it was a technological, you know, uptick for me, too. But, you know, um, the Black Artists and Designers Guild uh, saved my spiritual life. There's no question, my spiritual life, and I and I, I will say that today and always that it was really through that through the guild and the work that we that we did in those early days that resuscitated as something that I had become disenfranchised. You know, I, I I became very disenchanted with 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 the design industry. To your point about you know that same struggle and. Um, I don't, I don't want to wrap us up, but, let, but you know, we're coming full circle on something, which is, no, we're actually not. This is another point, which is this desire as creatives to produce something that's known and unknown. Like you talked about that stories with the chickens and the roosters. I mean, the idea of you drawing a chicken and a rooster in a cup, I, I want to cry. You know what I mean? Like I, nothing makes me want to cry more. And I know those rugs because they got painted on sisal and they got woven in that American way that is just so gross. So, um, you know, woven rooster cup chicken rugs. And, um, and, and, and so to think of you doing that and then, 
and knowing that that sells. And so, you know, yeah. I think, you know, Ed, that's not, I don't think that's ever happened. Maybe, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your version of that, but especially in the industry, like that, that, that magnet, that, 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 that pull to like, to do work that sells. I know we're supposed to be in business and I know this is a capitalist society, but can we not have integrity during that process? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I think, I think the successful artists in general find the thing they love to do and run with that, you know, and are there some compromises along the way? Sometimes there are, you know, of course. I wouldn't call it compromise, but just sort of listening to who you're, who's looking at your work sometimes. And I'm not saying that's the best way of doing stuff, but we all hear stuff and, and sometimes it affects us, sometimes it doesn't. And for me, I tend to do things my own way, but they're all, but I also like doing something that makes someone happy. So when I do, so I do some architectural stuff that is really boring to shoot, but it reminds me of the scales. You know, the lines have to be straight. They have to look like this. And they have to make someone really happy because my stuff tends to be for architectural stuff tends to be a little different and a little wilder than other people's. But every once in a while, someone will say to me, hey, you really, we, this is what we need. We need it for a rendering. And there's the discipline of doing it, like playing the scales. It's a, uh, a, you know, it reminds me of jazz musicians. Everybody's, oh, they're just playing crazy stuff. And, but then you realize how well practiced they are. Right, right. You know, that's fair. Being a good craftsman is also, I think, very important. Well, I think knowing your scales, just like, you know, watching Mulaney, you know, cut, these, cut the tiles so effortlessly. I said, you know, I, I still, I would have thrown probably a hundred of them away, I'm sure. <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, you've practiced this and you know your scale and you know your craft. We, yes, yes. Um, this is true. And I continue to practice and focus. But I want to go back to your point, though, Layden, about creating with integrity. And right. um, Ed, you talked about, you know, the, success, the successful artists, they focus on what it is they love. You know, the thing is, when we think about, um, when I think about that, there have been many artists who focus on what they've loved. And I'm specifically talking about Black artists, right? If we could do that, but if you do not have the support, you are going to create things because you need to pay your rent. You got to pay your mortgage. You got to right. rent. And so then if you don't get the support and this is, and I, I'm speaking from experience too, right. on the thing that you love, you have to be in a place where you have the, the privilege and the time to explore that, but having, you need the financial support so you could explore that too. And many of us do not have that. Right. Agreed. That's, Agreed. The, that's the reality. And that's, right. for, I mean, we're talking financial, financial resources as, as liberty. As yeah. liberty and freedom to, for Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, uh, you know, when I started photography, I struggled for four years. I literally lived on peanut butter sandwiches for a long time and lived in, you know, a friend's apartment. And so I think for artists like to know their value, I think that's what you're getting to, Melanie, is really 
you know, when I, once I started learning my value, it got easier. I always thought about going back to grad school to be a, a therapist because, it, you know, that's what my parents wanted me to be because it was such a struggle. You know, it was a, it was like three or four years. My parents were retired and said, we don't have any money for you, you know? Right, right. And so it was just, uh, but it forced me to get mentors. Okay. And, and start working with other photographers. So I became an assistant photographer for a few years. Yeah, I think that I think that's critical. I think ultimately we might not be able to answer whether or not um, that same support that four years might turn into ten years for somebody else. You know what I mean? E quite quite quickly, Ed. Yeah, um, no, I'm sure. You know, you know what I mean. I'm not, and I'm not devaluing your four years and up tip upticking my twenty <laughs> whatever. But you know the 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 the, the um what I will say. Um, as we just wrap it up is, is I would say an offer that um, no matter what, I think you said it at mentorship and community during that, that time means something different than doing it isolated. Yeah. But, but the other thing that you have that I just know personally, you're still doing it. It's still 20 oh, yeah, years. Of course. The lady's still doing it. So there's a certain, if you're still here, you have a certain amount of resiliency. That's just a fact, yes. you know. Yes. And I, but, but the, my my only question, I know I don't. I, maybe this is my shadow speaking. I don't know if it should require this amount of resiliency. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so, Melanie, would you agree? Oh, agree. Yeah, okay. because at one point <clears throat> we do have a finite amount of energy That's as right. individuals, and for me, I'm always asking, am I hemorrhaging? trying to just keep it up while I'm trying to do something else. So, you know, I can, I can appreciate that. And I'm always, it's such a blessing to be able to speak about that with you, Melanie, and, and, and um, to keep it real around that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, appreciate those, I appreciate those conversations too later. Yeah. To keep it real around that, because I think, you know, especially when it comes to coaching, sometimes we think, oh, we need to keep it positive. But somehow we we, we got to keep it positive based on on the information as it is. Like we have to kind of yeah. find like where it is that we're going to put that positive energy. Like we, and we put that positive energy into clarity around the way things operate. And, you know, if we decide to ignore it, we decide to negotiate it, play the game as you refer to it, you know. Yeah. Well, when I started coaching, by the way, Nate was my third client. <laughs> and so I, so I apologize. Anyway, oh, no, no, I said yeah. that you were, you know, Melania, you, it, we've come full circle, the two coaches that started my my life. My coaches. Yes. But the, the funny thing was, was that I was surprised that Layton had picked me because, you know, um, you know, because he was black and I was white. It was such, I got to say, one of the, Coaching with Layden, and that's why we're here. It was one of the great experiences of my life. I learned so much from him, not only about myself, but about coaching. And he was just, he is an inspiration for me. And um, so, because coaching by its nature is not hierarchical. And it took a while to get through that, I think, with the two of us a bit. Yeah, I think, I think. I think we both, I think, in fact, you know, you might not realize that we were at a triad, 
right now where the both I think Melanie and I actually have that kind of relationship between each other. You and I have that relationship between each other. And I think that that's how I know I'm going to make it in life is by by maintaining these relationships. I think the creative needs this so much, you know, sure. that, that the guidance, like you said, I never thought about that word guidance today. It popped out pretty big. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you know, going back to this idea of success too, um, Ed, when we talk about successful artists, nobody, whether you're an artist or not, no one is successful on their own. No right. one. No, no one. one. And no, so, you need. Yeah, you need other people to see and look at your stuff. I'm going to ask you one. one do we have time for one more question here? Of course, one last okay. question. So, yeah, Melanie, what, what's your what's your takeaway from our conversation today? What? what oh, we're doing a coaching. We're doing yeah, a coaching debrief. I'll, I'll tell you what my takeaway. I love it. We've done a bunch of podcasts. I've never talked about coaching. Yeah, yeah no, this is great. I want to hear, I wanna hear Melanie's takeaway. Can we just actually end with Melanie's takeaway? Well, let's do all three of our takeaways. How about that? Okay, let Melanie, you start off. What's, okay. what's your takeaway from today's conversation with Layden and Ed and Mad Creative? Everybody needs a coach. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, <laughs> that used to be Ed's tagline. Listen, I believe in it though. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you 100 percent I think I think um my takeaway is that as you can see, awareness will bring you the self-care and will get you to the joy. Mm. And so if you keep those three things in mind with whatever you choose to do in your life. You can't you you can't fail at whatever it is that you're choosing to do. You know, stay aware, understand whatever boundaries that have been set up, but also know that those boundaries can be broken. You have to remember, put yourself first and take care of yourself. And through self-care will bring you that joy. Find those things that bring you the joy. And that's a constant reciprocate to yourself of taking care of self. So and you can't do it by yourself. Right. You gotta have Surround yourself with the people who truly care about you and, you know, think about you in a way that you can't, you, sometimes you fail to think about yourself because those coaches, the mentors, however, whoever, however you want to term these people or name them, these are the people that you need for those moments when you forget what joy feels like and you forget what that means to feel good, whatever that means. Those are the people who remind you. Yeah, so then I think that's the tagline for our thing is find the find the joy, no matter what, with Melanie Barnett. You know, I think that's our <laughs> tagline today. So, and my takeaway is that I learned I learned I still have a lot to learn about what other people go through, mm. and um, you know that that there's you know that there's still a lot of self reflection about when I say stuff, wow, this is how it impacts people. I don't even think of it because of, you know, how I grew up in my race. And um, so that was interesting, you know, that I got, that I got uh, called out a few times on that. That was, that was pretty good. That was really interesting. But my takeaway was, you know, there's just a lot to learn still about what other people go through. Mm. And, um, and, and being Jewish, you know, sometimes has the same thing, but not the same thing. Right. Of course. It has so, other things. Right. 
And, and before we get off, we're going to do websites and stuff like that, you know, where we get in contact with Molly. But Layden. Uh, my takeaway is that I'm going to actually think about the archetype of warrior and think of it more as shaman. I've just said, because I think that shaman also had creates protective spells, um, speaks to the speaks truth to the unjust, and 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 creates magic rather than than a militarized um, version. I'm going to think about that, you know, because um, maybe like adopt shaman even for myself. You know, you, you are a rising phoenix shaman. So <laughs> it's funny. You know, no, but no, I think that's a real. I think those are. I think I really appreciated hearing Mulaney talk about that because I have to be careful about how I position people. If I don't want anybody to position me, I have to be mindful about how I position others. So I'm going to consider. I'm going to really take that in and go. Oh, what other archetype that I can I use or not use? Um, that is protective. And I think a shaman, you know, a wizard. Well, the word that keeps magic. coming up with everybody is the word magic. And you, Magic. I think you, I think you produce magic that affects other people. Right. And makes them feel protected. I think that doesn't have to be a warrior. And I think we both like that word magic. You know, yes. it's like, yeah. you know, if we create mad and Mulaney shaking your head. So she <laughs> likes magic. Yeah. And, you know, and if we stay as artists and creatives, and that's really why we talked about process more about work today. Was yeah. Just, was just about how do we be great and create magic? How do we and create and, yeah. So, Layden, well, let's do Mulaney first. Where can we, where can we see your work? Where, what's coming up for you? Everything. Give us like two minutes on everything. I just be mindful that we are, you are, we're halfway through our recordings and we're going to edit this part out probably. So give the information that might be more, a little bit more relevant for the, to the fall. Yeah. Well, you can find me at MalaneyBarnett.com. Can we spell it? Yeah. M-A-L-E-N-E-B-A-R-N-E-T-T.com. My Instagram is at Malaney.Barnett. That's M-A-L-E-N-E dot B-A-R-N-E-T-T. And my next project is that I have a Fulbright for Jamaica. So I'll I'll be the visiting artist at Edna Manley's School of Visual and Performing Arts in Kingston, Jamaica um, for 10 months starting in December. And I will and I will come down and we and, and we'll find good places where we could go and yum some food down in Kingston in Jamaica. <laughs> right. Maternity, we're gonna become dumplings real quick. Dumplings <laughs> real quick. I anything else Blaine, that we could, anything else we need to know? And, <laughs> um I, oh I'm oh yeah, I forgot. And I'm working on a book about contemporary Caribbean artists and designers. So with artists and books, and I'm really excited. That will be published in 2024. Wow. Nice. You you are a doer for sure. For sure. Uh, All right. Oh, I have a, I forgot I have one more thing. Should I add? Yes, of course. I forgot. And I do have an upcoming, I have an upcoming show at the Clay Studio in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania um, in the fall. So you got a date? uh, It's the month of November. November, no, okay. month of November. And the Clay okay. Studio, how do we spell Clay Studio? A Clay, T-H-E, and then Clay, C-L-A-Y, Studio. And that's in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 
Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay. And Layton. I am Layton Lewis, interior and architectural designer, multidisciplinary. We create art, architecture, and design as one holistic practice. And I am www.leydenlewis.com. And anything else we need to know? Anything else? Any articles coming up? Any? Oh, tons. Please visit me at Layton Lewis Design Studio. Um, on Instagram to find out multiple um, uh, editorials that are current. Um, and, and you can um, look at stories and find out about all that my studio is currently involved with. Yeah, and I'm Ed Letterman, edlettermanphoto.com, P-H-O-T-O.com. And I, edlettermancoaching.com. I am working on a, with two writers on a book about COVID. I'm doing portraits, all of them shot remotely. And we're up to 100. We're just about finished. Now we're trying to go sell it. And uh, and I'm working on a book on Central Park, which I think no one's done a good one since Ruth Orkin did one in 1970-something or other. Oh, fabulous. And, and it's going to be all panoramic. So I'm looking for a 96's book. Who, who knows how it's going to get funded. <laughs> and Mulaney, thank you so much for doing this. We've been waiting to talk for a long time. And Layton is... Just told this me, you know, told me so much about you, and then it just got me to look at your work, and it is stunning. Thank you, thank you, Thanks Milady, Thank you again for being both um, conversationalist today and friend. Oh, thank you. Love saying, sending love and hugs to both of you. Thank you, thank, thank you. you so much. All, All right. right, be well. Sound editing and theme music by Will Ainsley. Brian Rusevko was basically our mentor who really taught us all the technicals, showed us how to get this online. We would not be here without Brian. So thank you, Brian. The logo is by Layden Lewis and Sharon McLaughlin of Mermaid New York City. And um, if you're creative, we would love to hear from you. We would love to, to email us your story and if we like it, we would love to have you on. And we are looking for creatives to tell their story, what their challenges are, what they love about working in the creative field, what is working for them. Um, so until next time, I hope you guys listen. This podcast is for you. Thanks.